evidence and answers. The threat of false teachers and false teachings entering the church was a constant danger to the early church, and warnings against false teachings abound throughout the New Testament. That danger still threatens the church today. There are many teachers, preachers, evangelists, and prophets in our day who claim divine authority, and even special revelations from God. As Christians, we want to be open to the Holy Spirit, but we also need to be discerning, for not everyone who claims divine authority is inspired by the Holy Spirit. How do we practice discernment without quenching the fire of the Holy Spirit? You're listening to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zucrin. Pat is an author and teacher in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, Pat explains how to be open to the Holy Spirit but also discerning without becoming too cynical and quenching the fire. Let's join Pat now as he presents his message, Discerning the Spirit Without Quenching the Fire. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles, the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. We'll be reading from verses 19 through 22 today. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 19 through 22. And before I begin... Uh, let me invite you to our 8th annual Hawaii Apologetics Conference. It's a free conference, and this year our theme is Christianity and Science, Enemies or Allies. And we have two very well-respected scientists speaking as our featured speaker this year, but we'll have others as well, Dr. Fuzz Rana and Dr. Paul Nelson from the University of Chicago. Each night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Join us for all three nights or just one night if you can. Register online at BibleHawaii.org or EvidenceAndAnswers.org. We need a rough count of how many people will be attending. Over 200 have registered, but there'll be food there and notebooks. So we need to know how to supply the conference. So register at BibleHawaii.org or EvidenceAndAnswers. There are some of the seminars that will be taught, Why I Believe in God, What Darwin Did Not Know, New Genetic Discoveries Chopping Down Darwin's Trees, Cell Design, Christian Views on the Age of the Earth, and Life, the Possibility of Life on Other Planets. Hey, those are just some of the seminars that will be offered. Also, as mentioned, I'm on the faculty of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Sign up for some great summer classes at BibleHawaii.org. I've taught a couple here and look forward to teaching more this summer. Okay, so take advantage of some of the best teachers in our state teaching some great classes. And if you need an excuse to get out of cooking Thanksgiving dinner, here's a good one. We're hosting our first ever Japan Christian Martyrs Tour, November 27th to December 6th. Many people know that less than 1% of Japan's population is Christian, but few people know that Japan has a tremendous Christian church history. Back in the 1500s when Christianity first came, nearly 12% of Japan became Christian. But when it was outlawed by the shogun and the persecution of the Christians began, thousands, tens of thousands of Japanese Christians gave their lives for Jesus Christ. And so we are going to go on the trail of the Japan martyrs. We're going to see where Christianity first came to Japan. We're going to see the first church that was planted. Then we'll follow the trail of the martyrs all the way down to the southern tip of Japan. There at Amakusa, where the Christian samurai battled the shogun in a great battle. 30,000 Christian samurai lost their lives in that great battle in Amakusa there. And so we'll be going through Japan, touring some of the great sites 
there of southern Japan. So join us November 27th to December 6th. The cost of the trip is $2,500. If you get a similar trip through other travel agencies that we've talked with, this trip usually costs around $6,000, okay? So we're doing it for $2,500. So it's not a good deal. It's a steal, okay? So come and join us. Seating is limited. $2,500 includes your airfare, hotel, private bus, and all of that. So it's a great deal. Once the bus fills up, that's it, okay? So sign up at BibleHawaii.org or give us a call at the Bible Institute of Hawaii for more information on that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 22, read this. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Paul wrote this letter to the Thessalonians in 55 AD to address some of the challenges that the early church was facing. Now at this time, the New Testament canon was not complete and it was still developing. So for this reason, the Holy Spirit was still speaking, giving direct revelations to Christians in the body of Christ. The apostles traveled to churches throughout the region, teaching and preaching God's word. There were also other itinerant teachers there, touring the churches in the region, many claiming apostolic authority or special revelation from God. Often the teachings of these itinerant teachers and Christians who claimed direct revelation from God conflicted, and the church struggled when there was disagreement. There arose disagreements over doctrine and ethics, and many of the New Testament letters are written to address these issues. Some affected just the local church, while others affected the entire universal church of Christ, even affecting the gospel message. And the church struggled to know which leaders to follow, which prophet was true, and which ones were false. In such a setting, how was the church to respond to the many diverse voices that claimed to be the voice of God? Now, Christians today find themselves in a similar situation. Preachers and teachers abound. Some have large, highly visible ministries with huge budgets and followings. Some are biblically sound, while others teach doctrines contrary to the scriptures. Now, we don't want to miss out on the teachings and works of the Holy Spirit, but we also don't want to naively accept any teaching that comes from someone who claims divine authority and to have received divine revelation. So Paul gave the church guidelines in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 so they could discern the message that was from the Holy Spirit of God without quenching the fire. And Paul did not want the church to be so cynical they treated with contempt all who came to share a word from the Lord. However, he did not want them to be so gullible they would accept whatever a so-called prophet said. So the guidelines he shares in this passage are great guidelines for us today as we are exposed to a plethora of teachings from many different sources. Now the first two exhortations warn the church against excessive cynical behavior. He says in verse 19, do not quench the spirit, 
do not despise prophecies. Some of your translations read, do not put out the Spirit's fire. The verb quench or put out there is used literally of extinguishing a flame. So figuratively, it speaks of suppressing or stifling something. And the Spirit may be quenched when the church despised prophecies. Now the verb quenched there implies dismissive disdain. The church was not to dismiss or reject the words of prophecy from the Holy Spirit. Prophecy was a specific message from the Lord to the congregation of believers in Christ. The word of prophecy could be for the strengthening and encouragement of the believers. It could be evangelistic, leading to the conviction and conversion of unbelievers to Jesus Christ. It could also be a word of rebuke, warning the church of a certain danger they were facing or a dangerous doctrine or sin they were embracing. In our day, there is no new revelation being given equal to that of the scriptures. The New Testament canon is complete. The canon is closed. The Holy Spirit speaks primarily through his word and the careful teaching and preaching from the Bible. And the Holy Spirit could be quenched in the life of the church when the church despises and refuses to hear the word of the Lord taught from its teachers and pastors. The same holds true for individuals. When we despise or do not listen to the word of God coming from the teaching of spirit-filled pastors and teachers, we individually quench the Holy Spirit from working in our lives. One thing that often keeps us from welcoming the teachings of the Holy Spirit and God's word is sin. Often, it's the sin of pride. We naturally justify our actions and sins, even using the word of God to justify ungodly behavior. You know, I was just talking to a woman the other day. She's quoting scriptures to me that God is telling her to divorce her husband. You know, he's not perfect, but he's a great guy. He works hard. He makes typical mistakes guys make, but there's no biblical grounds for divorce there. Yet she's twisting the scriptures so she can justify her ungodly decision here. But when we're harboring sins such as pride, bitterness, or we're involved in sinful behavior, that can often cause us to despise and resist the word of the Holy Spirit that he is trying to communicate to us. We see this throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, King Saul, the first king of Israel, had every opportunity to become one of the great kings of Israel. However, his failure was that he despised the word of God as it came from God's prophets. On several occasions when Samuel rebuked him of his sin, he didn't repent but tried to justify himself at first. But however, because Saul repeatedly despised the word of prophecy from the prophets of God, eventually the scripture says in 1 Samuel 16 that the spirit of God departed from Saul. How regrettable it is that Saul, who had all the gifts that a leader could have. And he could have been a great and wonderful king. His life ended in tragedy. For he 
continually despised the word of God and his life ended as he sought the counsel instead of the word of God from a witch seeking to communicate with the dead. David, the second king of Israel, had a different spirit though. He was open to God's word and God's spirit and welcomed the word of God. This is seen on several occasions when David sinned and the prophet Samuel or Nathan would rebuke David. And instead of justifying himself, David bowed down and repented before the Lord. That's why he's called a man after God's own heart. David did not resist or despise the word of God. That wasn't his natural habit. Most of the time, he was open to the word of God. And that is why God established through David the everlasting rule that will one day come. That is why David's throne shall one day be established forever. And the question for us is, which one are you? Are you Saul? Are you David? I see so many young people start their lives with such promise and excitement. You know, I just went to a couple graduations here and can see the excitement and fervor of life young men and women as they're graduating go out and take on the world with. However, some despise and turn away from the teaching of God's word. And as a result, like Saul, they end up never experiencing all that God had intended for them to experience. And they never fulfill the great calling that God has upon their lives. I see great Christian leaders become prideful and stop listening to the word of the Lord coming from men and women around them and end up shipwrecking their organizations and their lives. You know, just had to end relationships with the church out here, going in a direction, engaged in false teaching that's creeping into the church. The leader is engaged in sinful behavior, causing all kinds of division in the body and with the churches in this state. And though many of us have gone and confronted these leaders, many of the denominational heads have gone and talked to this pastor, he refuses to listen. And it's a sad thing to see leaders refusing to listen to the word of God coming through the people of God around him. Sad to see their ministries unravel the way they do. It's sad to see so many young men and women and leaders shipwreck their lives because they, like Saul, resisted or despised the word of God coming from the Bible or from the Holy Spirit speaking through others around them. We have the greatest teacher of all. John 14, John 16 says it's the Holy Spirit. And one of the life lessons we learn is that we must always have a humble, teachable spirit. Proverbs 11.2 states, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble comes wisdom. See, the humble have wisdom because they're always open to learning and hearing from God's word and through those whom God is speaking. So the lesson we learn, always have a teachable heart, ready to hear and welcome prophecy, teaching from God's word. The second principle is found in verse 20. The church should be open to God's message from his appointed messenger. However, the church should not be gullible and accept every message claiming divine authority. Verse 21 says, but test 
everything. The threat of false teachers and false teachings entering the church was a constant danger to the early church. Warnings of false teachings abound throughout the New Testament. Much of why the New Testament was written is addressing false teachings that had entered into the local churches and the apostles needed to address those issues. The New Testament is full of warnings regarding false teachers and their erroneous teachings. And so the church was exhorted, therefore, test everything. Now the word test there means to carefully examine proving if something is worthy or not. Everything refers to all words of prophecy and things that are taught in the church. You see, the apostles, though they came with the authority of God, the apostles did not exempt themselves from such examination. The Bereans, in the book of Acts, Paul commends them because they tested Paul's words with Scripture. And the Apostle Paul clearly states here that it is the responsibility of every believer to carefully examine all the teachings coming from your pulpits. See, it's not just the responsibility of the pastoral staff and leaders of the church or Bible college teachers to examine everything. It's the responsibility of every believer in Christ to know the essentials of the faith, to know the word of God, and to test the teaching that's come in with the word of God. So instead of accepting everything, which would lead to confusion and error, or rejecting and despising everything, that would lead to the loss of prophetic teachings from the Holy Spirit, the church was to examine all teachings carefully and match it up with the word of God. Careful examination by the entire church would enable them to recognize together truth from error. So all teachings were to be tested by the word of God. That is the responsibility of each one of us as members of the body of Christ. One of the greatest weaknesses here in the American church today is that it lacks biblical discernment. For this reason, false teachings proliferate throughout our churches. And when false teachings creep into a church, it can have very destructive consequences. I've seen churches divided and split and ministries destroyed as when a body or an or Christian organization embraces false teaching. It can have a devastating effect. You know, not long ago, I was in East Asia, and I traveled to a particular province in this country that was known for their jade. And we toured the jade factory, and we saw how they made their sculptures and a beautiful jade jewelry. Then, our final lesson was to learn how to tell true jade from the fake. See, in this province, there are a lot of jade vendors. But to make bigger profits, many of the vendors sold fake jade along with the real ones. They just kind of mixed them in together. So a lot of customers would get fooled when they walked into a store because many of the sculptures on display there in the cases and the jewelry were indeed real jade. But the jewelry that was on sale, many had fake ones mixed with the real jade items. Therefore, we had to learn how to distinguish the real jade from the fake. And he gave us a few tips. I remember them. 
He said, first hold the jade up to your cheek. Jade should be cool in temperature and shouldn't warm very quickly. If it's some kind of fake stone or glass, it's going to warm up to your skin. Jade should not do that. Second, jade is denser than metal. So he said, take a pin or a knife, and where it's not noticeable, scratch the jade. If it leaves a mark, it's a fake. It should be denser than the metal. Third, real jade is not completely smooth, but should feel a little rough when you rub your hands over it. If it feels totally smooth, like glass, could be a fake there. And finally, jade is denser than the average rock, so it should feel heavier than a normal rock of equivalent size. And you see, the fake was mixed in with the real, and we had to be able to distinguish, as we go out there, the authentic from the fake. Because you see, when we walk into the store, the jade dealer is not going to stand next to us and say, oh, that's a fake one I'm selling you over there. Oh, no. no. He's not going to tell you. It was the responsibility of each one of us to be able to distinguish the true from the fake. And the life application we learn is that every believer is responsible to know the Word of God and discern truth from error. Because often false teachings comes mixed in with some truth. Therefore, every believer has to have the knowledge and the skill to distinguish the real genuine article from the fake. Because remember, false teaching comes mixed in with some truth. When everyone in the church knows the Word of God, they know the essentials of the Christian faith, they know how to study the Word of God and discover the truth for themselves, the church is a stronger body and better protected from error that can creep in and destroy a ministry or an organization. Remember, even pastors and teachers can err in their teachings. Read Galatians chapter 2. Peter fell into error, and Paul had to come and restore Peter. So even pastors and teachers, their teachings need to be tested with the Word of God, and it is the responsibility of every believer in the body of Christ to do so. Now, the final two exhortations are hold on, to the good, abstain from every form of evil. The word hold on there means to remember. Believers were to retain the teachings with the intention that it would shape and change and transform their lives for Jesus Christ. The word avoid there means to keep away from, such as in chapter 4, verse 3, where Paul says avoid sexual immorality. He says avoid every form of evil. Now, Paul here refers to prophecy that is not from the Holy Spirit, but rather evil in kind. The Thessalonians were to test all teachings, hold on to the good, apply it to their lives, let it transform their lives, and stay away from those teachings that were not matching up with the Word of God, and therefore not from the Holy Spirit of God. You know, many years ago, I played competitive golf, and I took lessons from a pro named Danny, a quiet, humble pro, and he taught me good fundamentals, and my golf game dramatically improved. You know, my junior year, I went out for the golf team at my high school. I didn't know it. They were the state champs for two years in a row. Here I am, a beginner in golf, and I went out, 
And I remember the first practice, I was like, oh, man, I better take some lessons. And under Danny, my game accelerated to the point where I made the team. And more than that, I became one of the top players on the team. Well, the following summer, I met a pro, an older gentleman at another golf course. His name was Todd. And he told me how he was one of the only five disciples in the world who learned from one of the greatest PGA Tour pros of all time, a man who had set numerous records. And he left his teaching to only five disciples, and he was one of them. In fact, he told me about how the PGA Tour pros, when they come here for the Hawaiian Open, they all call him, and he's trained all the top guys in the golf swing. And he looked at my swing, and he said, man, you got a great swing. And he said that he would work with me for free. And if I, because I had so much potential, if I listened to him, I would be untouchable. Well, his flattering words and impressive credentials captivated me. And so under his tutelage, I began to change my swing under his advice. And that summer, I played well for the first few tournaments, but suddenly and very quickly, my game went downhill, and I couldn't hit the side of a mountain. I couldn't hit the ball straight at all. And my game had gotten so bad, you know, I couldn't break 80. And I went from being one of the top players on my team to the bottom. And I spent hours on the driving range trying to fix my swing, hitting hundreds of balls. But because my fundamentals were now wrong, things were just getting worse and worse and worse. Right? Practice doesn't make perfect, right? Perfect practice makes perfect. If you're swinging with all the wrong fundamentals, I don't know how many times you swing. It ain't going to work. I realized then I had probably gotten bad advice and needed to go back to the old pro. I had picked up a lot of bad habits now. And I eventually found out the stories of the older gentleman here that he had told me about training these top PGA Tour pros and all that were not really true. And a lot of things that I had bought into about, that he was telling me about him, were not exactly true. This concludes Pat's message from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I hope you were informed and inspired by Pat's challenge to study the Word of God and develop the skills to discern truth from error. If you missed any part of this study, log on at evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to the entire message and enjoy other great resources right there on the site. Pat is the director of the Pacific Apologetics Center, a subsidiary ministry of the Bible Institute of Hawaii. Pat's ministry relies on the generous donations from you, our listeners. If you've been blessed by Pat's teaching, please support him in prayer and with a financial gift by logging on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers Radio Show is a ministry of the Pacific Apologetics Center. Join us again next week as Pat and his friends continue to provide reasons for faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Right here on Evidence and Answers. Oh, 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 oh,